0: Thanks for tuning into the Glenridge Church message. It's great to have you with us. Our mission is to love God, love people, and live to change the world. If we can help you in any way at all, feel free to reach out to us on hello at glenridge.org.za. Well, um, it really is a privilege. Um, I'm sharing a, a prophetic word that I, that I had for the church. Um, and I, I, as I mentioned, I did preach it this morning, so if you were here this morning, you're going to be all Hiltoned out by the end of Sunday. It's like, you're never going to want to hear me speak ever again. And that's okay. So if I do come and say hi, and you just look at me, then I know you've had two of me. So that's more than enough. Um, but I have, I've had this um, kind of prophetic word that's sensing about the season that the church is in. And I've had it for about four or five months. I'm, I'm really bad with time. And, and I did the, and the, the word that I had was that, as a church, we're entering in to a season of entering in. We're entering in to a season of entering in. And then I did the really foolish thing, is having coffee with Stan, I kind of mentioned, hey, this is what I'm feeling for the church, and, and shared the word, and, well, here I am. So that was, just be careful, the moral of the story is be careful who you share things with, you know. You could be up here like me. So how I want to just do it is um, there's two parts to this. I want to share around the word, the the entering in, the season of entering into the entering in. And I want to just talk around that and, and hopefully release some faith for this year. And, and it's, I think it's a word to our community, to, to the Glenrich Church, and, and perhaps to the church in, in Durban in general. I don't know, but I'm just really sensing something of that. And then the second part, I just want to, talk, bring it down to a level that, that you and I can cope with, that we can manage, is, is, is how do we transition? How do we go from one season to the next? Because I think um, if you're anything like me or friends that I know, getting stuck in the middle of a transition is a common theme. It's kind of like you don't know where you're going. You kind of thought you knew what was happening. Everything you had planned is suddenly kaboom, and you're like, well, what now? Where do I go to now? What is happening? And if we have something of an understanding of the seasons of God and and the transitions of God in our lives, it will make it a little bit easier for us to go through these things and to understand these things. So... You know, before I want to do I want to just honor my I've got my two elder daughters here coming to listen to me so I'm gonna make them stand up and say hello come on come on girls come on they are come on Julia they're both single we're starting the bidding at five cows okay I'm going to be getting a lecture all the way home. I'll tell you, I'm in big serious doo-doo. That's okay. I'm, I've been there before. I'm used to it. I can manage. Seasons are really important. And you can hear my daughters like glaring. I can feel them glaring at me anyway. But seasons are really important. And they, they make a difference. It's, it makes a difference what season you're living in. It really, really does. And... It matters what the season is. And I think if we we take the analogy of a farmer, it's really, really important for a farmer to understand what the season is. It's like if you're sowing your maize in the winter or in the autumn, you're not going to harvest much after six months or three months, however long long it takes for maize to grow. But if you a wise farmer or a successful farmer understands that the springtime before the summer rains come, is the time to sow your maize. And then when the summer comes, you kind of, you really just sit back. I suppose I'm not a farmer, so I don't know. But there's not, it can't be too much to do because you're watching the rain and the sun make your maize grow. And come the autumn, you're in there with your harvest and whatever, and you're reaping your things. So the farmer, the wise farmer, cooperates with the seasons. And I think it is very powerful in our lives and it makes us thrive when we cooperate with the prophetic seasons of God in our lives, as individuals, and as a church community, and whether it's a home group, or even as your family. You understand what the season is, and you work in that season. So when it's a winter, you're not sowing, but you, you're holding fast. You're waiting for the spring rains before you start sowing. So it's just a, a very, very powerful analogy. So let's, let's go to Joshua 1. When you're talking about entering in, and when you're the word of this, of this, uh, that you have having in your heart, what I'm feeling for the church is it's a season, of entering in to a season of entering in, it is the place to go. And funny, I had the phrase before, and then I felt God lead me to Joshua 1, and I started reading. So I'm going to read Joshua 1 to 3. Let me just take my glasses here. This writing is really, really small seems to get smaller every year. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given you, just as I promised to Moses incredibly um, Powerful three verses and That was if you look at the story and read the story of the Israelites that in a sense Was the transition moment that the point that the the coming out of Egypt? Kind of into the wilderness the wandering in the wilderness the camping on the on the east side of the of the Jordan River that in a sense was all part of Of a coming-out process and when Moses dies God calls Joshua and says now it's time to go in so it's a really it's the 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 crux the turning point on the whole story of Exodus and then we start to read of Joshua beginning to lead the army in so I want to pull some points out of that and just out of that verse so the first thing starts off Moses is dead the past is the past. The past is behind us. The past is dead. The past is over. It's a new season. Moses, Moses signified the old season, and when, when Moses died, the coming out was over. It was finished. It was now a new season, and it was about going in. It's not about looking back. I think some of us that have been Christians for a long time have been in God, we have heyday seasons that we look back to. If you kind of coming out of the renewal movement, you'll kind of look back to maybe the, the time of the Toronto movement and the time of the Toronto blessing when the Spirit of God was flowing and people were getting touched by God, by the Holy Spirit, and, and you're like, that is the moment. Or if you're kind of more evangelical, coming looking back to maybe when Billy Graham was around and he was... He was doing his crusades or something, and it was like, that's what we need again. We need an evangelist. We need a Todd White back in our midst to shake things up and and get people saved. And kind of like many of us, we're looking backwards and trying to go back to a season. And I feel like God is saying, Moses is dead. The old is behind us. There is a new thing. There is a new thing that we need to be looking forward to. And just because we don't know it, We don't understand it. It doesn't matter. It's a shifting of our gaze. So that's the first point. Moses is dead. So it really is about turning our gaze from the present, from the past, and beginning to look over that river and saying, that's where we're going. That's what we're doing. So Moses is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Church, As I mentioned this morning, now is the time for us to arise. Now is the time for you and I to stand up and step into something of the fullness of what God has got us called to. I think there's been seasons in in churches and and I think in the Durban church community there's been seasons of a a ruffling and and transitioning and all sorts of things going on. But now this is not that season anymore. This is a new season of us to arise and begin to look forward and say, this is what we're called to. It's a time for our posture to change. There is a land, there is an inheritance for each one of us, and for each one of us to begin to say, I am standing up. I'm going to arise, and I'm going to become and be exactly what my Father called me to be and what Jesus purchased on the cross for me. I'm taking it. I'm going in. That's mine. The problem is, as soon as you say, I'm going to do it, I'm going to step up, there's that little voice that we hear, and it sounds something like this, who do you think you are? Get back into your little box, stay in the space that you've been occupying and stay right there. This is not the time to come out. Who do you think you are? And the key to that, see the answer to that, is who do I think I am, but it's whose I am. It's not who I think I am, but it's whose I am. I am the king's son. Jesus is my brother. He adopts me, I'm adopted into the father's family, an incredibly powerful thing. And because of that, I get to stand up and walk into things beyond my imagination, beyond my imagination. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people. ESV's got a really interesting translation, all these people, not this people. But anyway. So, go over the Jordan. As I was mentioning earlier, this is the the pivotal moment. This is the crux moment. But it's also the shift from where the Israelites have been a ragtag motley crew coming out of Egypt, really a bunch of slaves Led by someone who who struggles to speak properly, and they're coming out, and suddenly they've been protected by God, they've been looked after by God, God protects them, He feeds them, at night there's, there's a fire to keep them safe. And now the shift begins to change, and suddenly instead of being in a defensive posture the whole time, it now becomes an offensive posture. It's now become, we are going to begin to walk in and take what God has given us. It's already been given to us, but we're going to take it. So that's the big shift, is from defensive to offensive. And what's really interesting, I was speaking to somebody yesterday, and we were just, I was chatting about my preaching, and they, they were saying, they reminded me that when Tyron Daniels came and spoke here six months ago, I think, that was one of the, the words that he gave to the church, that he shared over the church. Church, it's time to shift from defense to offense, and he spoke that into Glenrich, which is really cool. And then I think Stan has been harboring around the, the thing of that, of the four pictures of the church, the four analogies of the church. The one analogy that for this season is that we're an army. We're an army going in. And, and which, which really, to be offensive, you need to be an army. To be on the attack, to be taking forward, it's not the motley crew that's coming out. It's the army that's going in. And I think this is a season for us to begin to be militaristic, not in, the, in a strange and odd way, but in a spiritual way. Saying, this is what God has given me. I'm arising and I'm going to take. I'm crossing over into what he has given me. And so that works for a church, but it also works for us as individuals. God has something for us. He has something for you. He has something for me. And sometimes there's a, a response of faith that says, I'm going to take what he has given me. I'm going to begin to step, and he's going to unfold it. The interesting thing is if you, if you read the, the text, I'm sure all of you are familiar, or most of you are familiar with it, is that when they decide, they obey God, they begin to pick up, and they're going to cross. The first thing God does, they don't even have to wade through the Jordan. He parts the river again. He, parts, he parted the sea, now he parts the Jordan River. So they cross the Jordan River on dry land they arrive at the first big city which is Jericho and we most of us know the story from Sunday school they didn't even fight a battle they're literally mopped up and slowly things begin if you read the text in, in a kind of a meta way you begin to see that God slowly sets them up prepares them as they become better and better fighters and better and better hearing God he sets things up for them and it's the same for you and us. we respond in faith and baby steps, he begins to do things for us. And as we get more and more into this, and more and more understanding how he works, he opens doors and we step into that. Very, very powerful. Then I, I, I the next part I want to talk about is that when you read um, Joshua 1, it's one phrase that kind of comes through all the time. It's be strong and courageous. It's, it's there all the way through. I think it's probably seven or eight times. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Therefore, be strong and courageous. Be very strong and courageous. And then even when Joshua begins to pull his people together and say, right, we're going to cross over, they say to Joshua, they echo what God's saying, Joshua, you need to be strong and courageous. And it's a theme. And I think that's a theme for the season. It's a time to be courageous. It's a time to step into places we've feared to step into. It's a time to begin to unpack boxes in our lives that we've, we've been scared to unpack. It's a time to go into rooms that we've been scared to go into. It's the time to begin to do things we haven't had the courage for in the past. You know, it's kind of like when, the, when you're in the right season, when you're in a season of, when God is declaring this is a season to be courageous, when you are courageous, you're cooperating with what heaven is doing, and it's easy. It's like swimming downstream as opposed to swimming upstream. When you're in the season of, of what heaven is doing, it becomes easy. Now is the time to be courageous. Now is the time to step in. And then on to verse 14. On, when the Israelites were camped, they were on the east side of the Jordan River, and that was the land that God had already given to two tribes, two and a half tribes. There was the two, I can't remember the names, and the and a half tribe of Manesh or something like that, I can't remember of hand. And they had so they already had their land before they crossed into the promised land, and since sense. They had their land on this side of the river. And so the other tribes, the other nine and a half tribes, they had to go across and begin to take their land. But what God said to those two tribes is you can't stay here and have your land and live in peace while your brothers and your sisters still have to fight for theirs. So grab your swords and get over the river with them and go and fight for them. When everyone has the land that they need for their inheritance, then you can go back and live in peace with your families. And I feel like that's a key for the season is that we are going to be fighting for each other. We are going to be fighting for each other. We're going to be fighting for destinies. We're going to be speaking courage into people. We're going to be setting people up. We're going to be pushing in and backing people in prayer for what they have in God. And I I really, really feel that this is going to be very, very powerful. I want to say, too, that if you don't have an understanding of what God has for you at this moment. If you don't like, oh, this is what God's called me, I'm gonna be pressing into this, um, that's the land he's got, that's the, the spiritual space that he's got for me, I'm gonna go and take that, I'm called to be a prophet, or I'm called to be an evangelist, or I'm called to make millions If you don't know what you have, there is a solution to that, is that you back other people that know what God has for them. And you fight for them When you don't know what you've got to fight for, as you fight for them, God will give you what you need. And the beautiful thing, too, the beautiful thing, is that whatever they enter into is part of yours. It's part of your inheritance as well. It's counted towards you. It really is counted towards you. And you know, I've had I've had people in my life that have backed me when it doesn't look like he's a horse you should be backing. You know what I mean? And, and they've, they've fought for me, they've texted me, invested in me, prayed for me, put, put, the, put the mileage in for me when I've, when I've been through tough times. And, and, and in a sense, so everything I walk into is part of their inheritance as well. And in fact, there's, there's a man here today that, that, that has done that. So I'm, you know, I'm in, the, in the space of embarrassing people, so I'm just gonna like embarrass him as well. So I'm gonna be in the dog box all around, you know. I'm gonna have to be ducky and diving for the next week or two, but Matt Copeland, why don't you stand up? This is a man that has huge land of his own to take, but he understands what it is to fight for other people, and to make sure other people walk into it. So keep standing. Haven't finished with you. Haven't finished with you. And so, Matt, why don't you just, just open your hands? I, I just want to release something of, of heaven over you. Because I feel like as you have been one who has fought for others continually, in fact, that's the trademark of who you are, as you fight for others. I feel like for you and Kirsten, there's going to be a season where you get given things you haven't fought for. So, Holy Spirit, I thank you right now. You just touch that man. You begin to release him. The presence of God, you begin to stir things, and you begin to set things in place a new season of him that he inherits things he hasn't fought for in fact the things he's fought for his friends is going to come upon him father i thank you for that right now in jesus name thank you lord thank you lord come on let me say this on that note this is a season that it's wise to have friends that pull you higher. This is a season where you want to have some friends in your life that challenge you, that don't allow you to just sit where you've always been, but you always kind of feel uncomfortable around them. You're always like, mm, oh, no, not them again. They're about to challenge me. Oh. But this is, this is what we need in our lives. We need people like that that set us in so we can walk into what God has for us. Okay. So that, that's the, 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 the word that I felt. We're entering in to a season of entering in, and those are the things that we need to be aware of into the season. But like I said, that's, that's for us as a community, but for, for you and I as individuals, as trying to go through our every day, we hear a word like this, we hear something, of, and you're kind of like, God, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to enter, and I'm, I'm going to be doing this thing. I'm, I'm charging. I'm, I'm there, and Monday morning, you're falling apart and think, what flip happened in life? You know what I mean? It's like legs cut out from underneath you. you, You're stuck or there's an insurmountable problem. You're trying to, how am I gonna make rent? It's now the seventh of the month. I haven't paid my rent. What am I, God, what am I gonna do? And so I want to just share some some key pointers, um, some simple things on transition, on how we manage transition in our own lives, some understanding of transition, and, and I, I think it's been very helpful in my understanding of things, and I think it'll help you as well in stepping into what God has for you. Is that all right? Okay. So, point number one about transitions. Transitions are messy. It's kind of like, as I was sharing this morning, it's like the birth of a baby. It's just not pretty. No matter which way you look at it, it's not pretty. Don't believe anyone who tells you anything else. It's not. It really isn't. And you see, the thing is this, is that the Father's processes for our lives are not always the same as our processes for our lives. We have an understanding of how we want things to work out, but God knows what we need for the shift to happen in us, for us to go to the next season. And so things don't always match, don't always, it's not always understanding, oh this is where I am, this is what's happening, sometimes your life can just look like one big mess and nothing's coming together and you're like God, what's going on that's the moment you need to step back almost into your father's arms and know that, that his processes are sufficient he really does know what he's doing, he's really good and he's good towards you and it makes life easy when you trust them, Because sometimes it's, oh, it's like, you feel like Johannesburg's the place you need to go to, so you get your car, you fill in petrol, you head out on the N3 and you think, right, that's where I'm heading, that's where my life is gonna be. In five hours time, I'm gonna be in Johannesburg. Next thing, you're kind of lost in Bloemfontein without a cell phone or without uh, GPS, you, know, you don't know where to go, how to do that. And life can be like that. It's like, how did I get you? This wasn't on my map. This wasn't on my grid. I had a plan to be somewhere, and now I'm here, and I don't understand. Trust his processes. And I, and I want to say, too, that, that, that I've, I've, I've really been through some, some transitions, and it's kind of like we can all say, yeah, oh, we totally understand that. But when you're in it, when it's, you're the one who's feeling... It's a desperate place sometimes. You can feel like, God, what is going on here? How am I going to cope? What am I going to do? Am I going to be without a job? Or whatever the transition you're going through. And it's like, it just comes at you. And it's, it's okay. It's okay to just lean into your father. Trust his process. So the first thing is transitions are messy. The second thing is that transitions are full of uncertainty full of uncertainty, there's there's nothing certain about a transition the thing is, why they're so full of uncertainty is because what was in our lives is no longer and what is to come is not yet, what was is no longer and what is to come is not yet, and so we in the middle of this thing thinking what the flip, where do I go, what do I do Is it this? Is it that? What about this? Is it this job? God, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna find how am I gonna pay rent? What is this? Does she love me, doesn't she? What is the situation? And it's it's just full of uncertainty. And speaking from experience, when there's high degrees of uncertainty, it's like the easiest thing in the world. It's the natural thing. We literally step down and we grab a hold of Fear's hand. And we say, right, right, we're going to partner together. And before you know it, you're partnering with fear. You're, you're like, everything is, ah, oh, what about this, I don't know. oh God. what? And, and suddenly, faith is gone, and fear is there. And it's like, you didn't do this intentionally. How did this happen? I'm a, I'm a man of faith, I know what to do. But suddenly, you're full of fear. The solution, the antidote to that is this guy that I know and his name is Jesus and he is the prince of peace. So you just need to get close to him and his peace is sufficient for you. You just need to be close to him and so in the midst of chaos, in the midst of of not understanding what's going on, it's like, ah, help, help. Just take your eyes off that. Step back and look into him reach out for him, pull yourself close to him, because he's always there for you. And allow his peace, that peace that surpasses all understanding, allow that to come over us. And de-link our partnership with fear and re-link it with faith again. De-link it with fear and re-link it with faith. The third point is that in our transition seasons, we are at our most vulnerable. In the moment of transition, it's like we are at that place where the most harm can be done to us. Because we don't, we're not there, and we're not there. We're in this middle space, and we don't really, nothing, it's like in marshy ground, you don't know, you have nothing to grab a hold of, nothing, you know, nothing that's familiar. And we're in this transition zone. And the phrase I like to use is like the devil is in the doorways. When you're going from one room, one season, to another season, it's at that doorway, when you're going from one to the other, that you encounter your resistance, you encounter, and the enemy will do whatever it can to stop you going into the next season, because when you enter that season, it's far more difficult for him to do anything. And the thing is, he tried this with Jesus. And the devil is not clever. He's got a few strategies and he just uses them over and over and over again. And we see that in in John, Matthew 4, I think, where Jesus gets baptized. And as he gets baptized, it's the start of the transition season for him. And you can see from getting baptized, he goes straight away into the wilderness. And who's in the wilderness? Satan. And suddenly there's this confrontation in the wilderness the devil is in the doorways of Jesus life in his transition season and he has this encounter puts the enemy in his place uses the word and boom he ends up in the synagogue goes down picks up the scroll the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me reading from Isaiah and he's moved into his new season and and so for you and I we have that same thing we have that encounter that the, the devil in the doorways the enemy is always there it's trying to stop you from entering into this next season. So it's very helpful to remember that when you're facing resistance in the middle of that, ah, it's actually almost like a confirmation. Hey, I'm, on the, I'm going through the right doorway here. I'm going through, it's not like the enemy opening the door and saying, on you go. <laughs> you know, when he's doing that, it's like, oh, hang on, just double check this, you know. And then just as much as we're vulnerable in those transitions, there is also a wilderness In every transition. So, just as Jesus went through his wilderness for 40 days, the Israelites, as they transitioned out of Egypt into the promised land, they had their 40 years in the wilderness. Joseph, Daniel, Paul had his 14 years. Every single noteworthy person, David, has a transition. And is in the wilderness or in a valley season. And that's the reality. We have a wilderness season. And can I say that the wilderness season is actually something that needs to be embraced. And that's really, really difficult when you're kind of there and all you're wanting to do is is get out. Oh, I'm getting claustrophobic. I'm, I'm just we were talking the other day and my wife and I and we were just we were talking about something, we just said we're tired of fighting these battles. And it's like and like we, we processed it and whatever. And the thing is, that happens in the wilderness. But we need to know we've got to process the things that God has for us. Because there's two key things that happen in the wilderness. The one is there's an internal change. There's a character building. There's a shifting. There's a realigning of our spiritual side, of our souls. It's preparing us for the next season. It's setting us up. It's building our character for the next season. And so if your next season is a a powerful and a victorious and a big season, there needs to be a lot of shift and a lot of change and a lot of realigning. Otherwise, you're going to come undone in the next season. You know, a lot of people can pass the test of poverty and tough times, but most fail the test of abundance. And so we need to walk through these, these, de- these wilderness seasons really, really well. Because it shifts us, it, it enlarges us, it lines us up, it, produ- it sets us up to be able to manage and, and thrive in, in, the, in the mountaintop seasons. And then the second key thing that, that happens in a wilderness season is that your idols are exposed. So just like when the Israelites were in the desert season, Next thing, boom, up pops this golden calf. Hey, where did that come from? It's, a, it's an analogy for each of us that when times are tough, it's to your idols you go. So it's like, when you like, if I could just have this, if we could just have that, it's when times are tough in the wilderness, it's always to your idols. Who do you go to seek? To seek comfort, that will tell you what the idolatry is in your life and what needs to be dealt with, and exposed and adjusted. And those two things happen in the wilderness. You know, many many years ago. I mean, I loved um, Jan preached last last Sunday evening. Really, really great preach. And she was just talking about their the season of, of struggle, of financial struggle, and it reminded me. Um, gee when Kate, who's over there, she, she was a little girl, and we, we, were, we had started a business, and uh, um, what, what, what had happened is my wife had stopped working. We decided she was gonna stop working and stay at home and look after the kids. That was what, the decision that we made. And then things went a little pear-shaped, and suddenly the business wasn't doing too well, and like everything just kind of unraveled. And, and so Kate got sick, and we had just enough money to do the doctor thing. So we did the doctor thing, got the, medic- got the medicine, that lasted a week, and she, just after that, she got sick again. You anyway, know, the fourth time in about six weeks, we just literally had no money. And it was like, oh, God, what is going on here? And then it, it kind of like, I think the only food we had in the house was a bag of rice. You know, I'm just not a rice fan, period. You know, it's like, and like, we're like, God, what, what is going on here? And that night, we, that afternoon, we were like, we are really, it was like the turning point. It was the, the end of the end. It was like, what, well, God, if you, if you don't come through now, we've kind of like, <laughs> rice it is, you know. And the thing is that even cut off our electricity, but I just flicked it back on again. Without, I must confess, it was really bad of me, but anyway. So, you, times you, you know, you do what you do. And... Um, and so we're kind of sitting there, and, like, and next thing, the doorbell rings. And it's this, this, this arbitrary friend of ours, but we didn't really know very well, and she's just arrived with, like, packets of groceries. You know, and, and the, the amazing thing was, she came, back in those days, it wasn't a common thing, she came with her, like, a fully cooked roast chicken, you know, really cooked, really done. It was really literally to have anything to eat that night. And, and you know, during that time of that, that Financial wilderness season. It was like it was horrible. I'm I'm not gonna lie. It was It's got a whole lot of adjectives that are just not appropriate for church, but you can add whatever you you know But the thing was this When we were out of it and we looked back You know with the benefit of hindsight It was one of the most precious precious times because it was like Jesus it's you coming through or we bust it was, there was a purity to our faith. It was like there wasn't complicated. It was it was like, and it was just be able to trust in Him because I, there was nothing I could do. There's nothing we could do. It was Him or nothing, and, and and that solidified something. It shifted something in us. And so that's what I'm saying. When you have these these wilderness seasons, that, they can be hard, and they, at the time it's just not like pleasant. It really isn't, but it's good when you look back and you look and you and I, I, I thank God that we went through those, and and I I trust we did it well, so we don't have to go back there again. So the wildernesses are very powerful seasons. They create something deep in us. And the final point that I want to say is that the wilderness season, or the wilderness, there is a distance that needs to be traveled. There is a, a length of space that you need to transverse to cross the wilderness, in, in the Israelites, it should have taken them about four months, I think was the estimate, but it took them 40 years. And for each of us, when we were in a wilderness season, the choice is ours. We can't shorten it beyond what it takes to physically cross the wilderness, but we can certainly lengthen it. And we can stay in a space that's going to be a lot longer because we haven't listened And and I think a powerful, powerful thing that we really need to be asking, because remember to understand, as I was saying, that the wilderness is about changing things inside of us, the transition. So instead of our prayer shouldn't be, God, get me out of here, get me through this. I, I need to be out of here. I need to be on the other side of this. Breakthrough, 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 breakthrough is what I need. The way to get breakthrough in the wilderness season is to say, Father, what are you changing in me? What needs to change in me? I want to cooperate with your spirit. I want this shift to happen so that I can come out the other side. And I was listening to an incredible testimony of a guy. He, he was a pastor. He had lost his American pastor. He had lost his job. His house was about to be repossessed or foreclosed. on. I think they used, And he was in this, like, he, he, he had been struggling for a year, to find another position as a pastor, you know, and he was like, and he 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 was he met this this guy that I know, and they processed this thing, and they said, well, actually, you're in a wilderness season. You need to ask God. What needs to change? Not ask God to change the season, but ask God what needs to change in you, because that will facilitate the change in season. And literally, he 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 changes prayers, and he's saying, okay, God, what needs to change in me? Within one week, seven days he had a new job and he had renegotiated with the bank that he could keep his house, they'd stopped the foreclosure thing and the whole circumstance shifted because he suddenly understood what was required of him for that transition. So I want to, I want to pray for us. I want to, I feel like, you know, when you, when you share a word like this, I think there is is an anointing in the room to help us break out of the circumstances that we're in. Because I feel like there's people here that have kind of been stuck in a cycle. They've been in this transitionary cycle, in this wilderness, in this mountain cycle, and they're stuck. And it's like, God, how long do I have to stay in this space? How long until I want to go? And I feel like there there is an anointing this evening to break that. I also feel like there's, 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 a, there's so it's a, this breakout of cycle anointing and I also feel like there's, there's a breakthrough anointing for people to break in to the next level.